It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports and FanSided. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Monday, and the open legal tampering period begins today at noon where teams can discuss contracts with players who are going to be free agents. It is basically open season starting at 12 p.m. today. You could be listening to this before that. You could be listening to this after that. There's going to be a lot that's going to come at you in terms of information over the next 24, 48 hours. And the actual free agency period begins in earnest on the 14th. That is when the new league year starts. That is when contracts can be finalized. But expect to hear about deals before that because of this tampering period. There will be deals that are consummated essentially right away because if we're being honest, these deals are already done in some cases or they're close to done because that's what the combine is for. And it's just, there is an official way that the NFL presents this and the, the teams all agree and the agents all agree that this is how they're going to present it. But the reality is, it's not what happens. Behind the scenes, teams are talking to agents, they're negotiating, and that's technically against the rules. But everyone does it. Everyone understands that everyone else does it. And so there's not really a competitive advantage. Before we get to any of that, and we will talk about the free agent market because the Packers have been linked to a number of high-profile free agents, and some high-profile free agents have already been signed. We're going to get to all of that a little bit later in the show. We have to start with a move the Packers have already made, and that was at the end of last week, the Packers traded Demarius Randall, their former first-round pick, and their best corner last year to the Cleveland Browns for Deshaun Kaiser, their starting quarterback, the number 52 overall pick in the 2017 draft, and the man who almost handed the Packers the only loss that would have been handed out by the Browns all season. Deshaun Kaiser had his best game against the Packers, and there's all kinds of of interconnected webs between these two teams. The, The first being that... Elliot Wolf, the assistant GM in Cleveland, was in the Packers' front office when Deshaun Kaiser was drafted and when Demarius Randall was drafted. And the Packers really liked 
Deshaun Kaiser last year. Obviously, the people in the room saying that were Ted Thompson and or Brian Gutekunst. Obviously, Gutekunst was one of those voices. The Browns front office has Alonzo Highsmith as well, and former Packer John Dorsey. Now, he was obviously not in the room for either of these in in either of the franchises, so he doesn't have a connection here. But Mike Patton, former Browns coach, he's not related here, but obviously he is involved with determining the future of Demarius Randall. So there's there's a lot of interesting interconnected pieces here. The Packers also swap fourth and fifth round picks. So they'll have the first pick in the fourth round, which is a very coveted pick because it kicks off day three. There could be teams hoping to trade up. It could be a trade ship that the Packers use on day two to move up. There's a lot of things that that could go on here. But let's start with the obvious question, and that is, why did the Packers trade their best corner from last season? A guy who is going into the final year of a rookie contract, who is cheap and played a position of need, a premium position. The Packers have one guy that you feel comfortable starting next year, and he's coming off shoulder surgery. He's coming off a rookie season. Why would you do that? Well, the first reason you would do that is the Packers clearly did not believe he was part of their long-term plans. And apparently the writing was on the wall inside that locker room. We just didn't know it. We've got, we got some hints that I think now we can extrapolate and say we're almost certainly talking about Demarius Randall, but let's go back because Randall was benched early in the year and the Packers stood by him. He continued to play and ended up having a very good rest of the season, played at a borderline Pro Bowl level for much of the year. But at the end of the season, Mike McCarthy singled him out and said he needs to clean up his own house, suggesting that Randall was not satisfied with either the coaching or the play of other players, and McCarthy's insistence was that he deal with himself. It was that he needed to look inward because of, it's essentially the the professional football version of when an elementary school teacher writes on your report card that, needs to worry less about what others are doing, whether it's tattling or whether what they're not doing. Oh, so-and-so, uh, you know, Johnny isn't coloring. It's like, okay, just deal with what yourself. Deal with yourself. That's what this sounds like happened. And then there was this quote after the season from HaHa Clinton Dix, and I know a lot of Packer fans didn't like it. But I wonder if we read it in a different light now. He said, it's a business, but at the same time, we're trying to build a championship team. And if you don't have the chemistry within the team, and you've got so many different individuals coming into the locker room that aren't worth a shit, it's kind of tough. Other guys have a different motivation when they come in here. Other guys want to get checks and just get out of here. Some guys just want to go to the Pro Bowl. Some guys are just content with where they're at now. So it's hard to build a winning caliber team when you've got so many characteristics of players here. It's just an interesting quote in context here. Andy Herman from Cheesehead TV was the the one that I noticed point that out. That quote reads differently now. If there are players only worried about 
the stats, or only worried about making the Pro Bowl, or are hurting team chemistry, could that have been Demarius Randall? Okay, now let's add another piece of evidence here. Rob Domofsky reports there was a group of veteran leaders that McCarthy has, has entrusted to talk to and communicate with. And they went to McCarthy and said, we think Demarius Randall should be cut. This is during the year. This is in the middle of this whole imbroglio. So now we're stacking pieces together. The Packers clearly did not want to pay him his option, which they would have had to do after this season, which would have been nearly $9 million. There were clearly players on the team who were dissatisfied with his attitude and his commitment. There were coaches who clearly felt that way. Mike McCarthy singling him out. And a player who didn't name him specifically, but called out players on the team engaging in behavior similar to that described by others as belonging to Demarius Randall. Clearly, the talent was there for someone like Randall. Playmaking instincts, he was big. He never played hard consistently. And I defended him. Look, I, I was a, de- a defender, an ardent defender of Demarius Randall. Because I just loved his talent. I loved him coming out. I don't think Dom Capers used him properly. He Clearly, he wanted to play man coverage. Dom Capers wanted to play zone. If I had to guess, this is where I would say the biggest problem was Randall did not want to play the coverages he was asked to play. And so when he played zone, he didn't play hard. When he played man, he played hard. When he got to go against Josh Gordon in Cleveland and man him up, he played hard. And he locked him down. Can you trust a guy like that? I don't know. Let's flip this now because Demarius Randall no longer on the team. The Packers bring in Deshaun Kaiser, a highly talented quarterback. I had him. He went 52. I thought he was the 13th best prospect in the draft last year. I said so at the time. The only quarterback, if he were in this draft, he just turned 22 in January, by the way. If he were in this draft, he would be the second best second most talented quarterback in it. I think Josh Rosen is the best quarterback. If Deshaun Kaiser were in this draft, he'd be second. He'd be right in that Sam Darnold mix. I think Kaiser has more talent, more tools than Carson Wentz. Does he have the mental makeup? Does he have the ability to get better? We're going to see that. But that is the risk they're taking here. Clearly, The Packers reports that they were into Kaiser last year. That was clearly true. And that was clearly Brian Gutekunst and potentially Ted Thompson. They were talked out of it, obviously. They didn't didn't pull the trigger. But that also suggests that the Packers were not sold on Brett Hundley, despite the fact that Mike McCarthy said they were, said that he was ready, and then admitted after the year he wasn't. This is an upside play for the Packers because Kaiser is so talented, can run, can sling it. I mean, he has a cannon for an arm. And the quick decision-making that Brett Hundley struggled with was not as big a problem for Deshaun Kaiser. The problem was making poor decisions. He was willing to let it rip just in the wrong areas. You can, you can deal with a quarterback and help track his decision-making. You can help improve that and say, you need to be looking at X, Y, and Z. 
Hugh Jackson's offense was a disaster. That team was a disaster. Their skill players were a mess all year. The offensive line didn't play as well as they thought it would given all the money they invested in it. Deshaun Kaiser is extremely talented. Let me read the the final write-up that I did about Kaiser from last year leading up to the draft, and it'll, it'll help you understand the big picture here. Kaiser has the biggest arm of the top QBs in this class, but lacks consistent ball placement. He has experience in a big-time system, although he played primarily out of the gun. Kaiser's size and strength will make him difficult to tackle even for NFL defenders, and his speed makes him a potential weapon in the run game. Just a redshirt sophomore, Kaiser would benefit from returning to school for another year, but his stock appears high enough to take the risk and come out. In a perfect world, you let him sit. A place like Chicago would be ideal. But he has the upside to be a dynamic NFL quarterback. May have more pure upside than Deshaun Watson, but is a riskier pick with a lower floor. Kaiser will end up grading out ahead of Wentz and Lynch from the 16 class, but behind Goff, Mariota, Winston as top-tier products. First round grade. He went 52. This is a premier quarterback talent that the Packers have brought in. When Aaron Rodgers is 40, Deshaun Kaiser will be 27. Now, the Packers have him under contract for this season and two more after. So they will, they will not be able to quite make it to Aaron Rodgers' 40th birthday. But if they can't, in a year or two, develop him into a quality backup, they can move on. Or they can deal him the way that the, the Patriots did with Jimmy Garoppolo or the way that the Packers have done so many times in the past with quarterbacks of this nature. He needs a program like Green Bay has, and he has every tool physically that you look for. And, and don't rule out the importance of those picks. I, I expect the Packers now have the most picks in the draft. I expect they will use a package of those to move up at some point in the draft. I don't know when that will be. I've suggested that I think it should be after or before their, their 45th pick in the second round, either get back into the first or get back into the second to get one of the last impact players. They certainly have the ammunition to do that. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and this time of year with Locked On NFL Draft. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. That's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. 
David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. With free agency starting, it is only appropriate that we talk about it. And this is not like years past for Green Bay. The Packers are going to be in. When Richard Sherman was cut over the weekend, the Packers were reportedly one of a handful of teams to reach out to inquire about signing Sherman. Now, he ultimately signed a three-year, $39 million deal with the San Francisco 49ers. It was a huge number to me. I thought it was it was a risk, but the 49ers have Texas with a dollar sign for cap room, so they can make these kinds of big swings. It is a $13 million deal that maxes out there yearly. He has to make all pro teams, go, go, to the, go to the Pro Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that has to take place for him to make $13 million. But if he does some of these things, that contract loads up on guaranteed money in the future. And so it's a, it's a smart deal for Sherman to bet on himself. That's a lot for a guy that's had to have two Achilles procedures in the last three months. He had the, the right Achilles and then had to have surgery on the left Achilles after the fact. Apparently common but still worrisome for a guy who's going to be 30 this year. A three-year deal, you're talking about paying a 33-year-old corner with multiple Achilles surgeries. That could be a problem. Now, we still have no word on Muhammad Wilkerson. He was, he was reported to have at least two more visits after the New Orleans visit. No word on what the deal is there. But over the weekend, multiple reports surfacing that the Packers are in on Rams free agent Tremaine Johnson. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to sign him, but they're going to try. They're going to be in. They will make a push. Whether or not they can get a deal done, obviously we're going to see. The Packers have a little under, this has been a question that I've heard a lot. The Packers have a little under $20 million in cap space for 2018. That is according to Tom Silverstein. That is the, the latest number that I've seen that seems accurate. And they can save another $15 million by extending Aaron Rodgers, something they will do once that Kirk Cousins deal finalizes. They can save almost $8 million by extending Clay Matthews. And they can save $13 million by extending Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. Now, why extending? Well, because the way that, that guaranteed money works, when you, when you have a signing bonus, that money gets spread out on the cap. So some money is paid up front, and then some money is paid out over the length of the contract. If you have more years on the contract, you get to spread out that cap hit. So you're actually paying a similar or slightly more money overall. So let's say that... that Randall Cobb was going to get $10 million this year. Instead, what they could do 
is say, okay, we're going to give you a three-year contract. You're going to get $6 million a year or $7 million a year. So over the course of his contract, he's going to get more money because he's going to get two extra years on the deal. You're extending him. But now you get to prorate that signing bonus. You get to spread it out and you get to lower the cap figure in 2018. There's a lot of different ways this can be done for a lot of different players. And this can also be done with the free agent that signs because the Packers have gobs of cap space in 2019 and 2020. So they could sign a player like Tremaine Johnson, let's say, and say, listen, Tremaine, we're going to give you this big signing bonus and you're going to average out about $12 million per year average. But in year one, it's going to be $6 million just from a cap standpoint, and then it gets backloaded and they can load that up for 2018, 20, or 2019 and 2020. The premise being, if you're going to sign these guys and they're going to be on the team anyway in 2019 or 2020, then it's okay to pay them that money because it evens out. Now, Tremaine Johnson was not the only name to surface. Dominique Rogers cromartie was also cut by the New York Giants. He could be a cheaper option. He can play outside, he can play in the slot, and he is still young, relatively speaking. He's young enough to have gas in the tank. He'll turn 32 in April. Is he going to come in and be an all-pro? No. Can he still run? Can he still play on the boundary? Can he still play in the slot? Absolutely yes. Is he long? Yes. Does he have playmaking ability? Yes. Would he immediately be the best cornerback on this roster? Yes. The Packers have also reportedly expressed interest or are interested in Brashad Breland, corner from Washington. He is, again, big, physical, not quite as fast as you'd like, but he has playmaking instincts and he plays with swagger. And again, he would be a great compliment to Kevin King Not quite the athlete that King is. But the Packers are going to have to add multiple corners after the the Demarius Randall trade. They're going to have to sign at least one, if not two, corners. Now, whether that's one big-name guy and and one lesser, you know, sort of replacement-level guy or two middle-class free agents, I think almost certainly they're going to draft someone But they're going to have a lot of options. There's a lot of corners on the market. A lot of corners that the Packers are apparently interested in. The fact that they've called on Richard Sherman, and now we have reports on three other corners that the Packers could be interested in, it seems pretty clear the Packers are going to be in on free agency and in for a corner, which is what I've been advocating for weeks now. If you want to go win the Super Bowl this year, you need to bring in veteran corners because rookies take time. Kevin King is your upside play. You need to bring in a veteran corner to play opposite him. Maybe you bring back Devon House and then you can draft someone. If that rookie comes in and needs to start on the boundary, you might have a problem. I'd like to see Lindsey Pipkins get a chance to earn some playing time. Longtime listeners of the show will know how I feel about him. I think he's earned a chance to prove that he can be more than he's been for this team. But it's pretty clear at this point. The Packers, are they have laid their cards on the table. They want to sign 
a corner. And so what are these guys going to cost? Casey Hayward over the weekend also signed for $12 million a year. A little bit less than it would have seemed like he could have gotten. He opted for security. It's still an increase for him. But I think what you're going to see is the fact that there are guys like Breland, like Ross Cockrell, like Aaron Colvin out there on the market, Prince of Mukamara. Is that going to drive down the price? Dominique Rogers cromartie now. Does that bring down the price for someone like Tremaine Johnson? Does it bring down the price for Malcolm Butler? Will they max out at $13 million, or is that going to be the starting point? Obviously, teams need these guys. But there is no Stefan Gilmore out there. A young, uber-talented corner coming on the market in his prime. That guy is not out there. I think Malcolm Butler and Tremaine Johnson are the closest thing to that. But they're, in terms of talent, they're a tick below. Now, in terms of productivity, there's no questioning Malcolm Butler has, has been a better player than Stephon Gilmore, been a more consistent player. It, it seems like Packer fans are in on the Tremaine Johnson train. And I understand why. He is everything Mike Pettin wants in a defensive back. He is everything that it seems like this front office wants in a defensive back. Because they want someone tall, they want someone long, and they want someone who can be disruptive, who can make plays. Seven interceptions two years ago. There is too much smoke. I know Packer fans want to be pessimistic, or at least some of them do. There is too much smoke at this point. The Packers are going to sign a cornerback. Now, are they going to get a really good one? Is he going to play well? I can't, I can't say that for sure. But they're in on these top guys. There's, there are going to be some, some pessimistic Packer fans who say, well, this is all just PR. The Packers are leaking this so that they can say we tried and then ultimately sign no one because that's what they want to do. And they just want to get fans' hopes up. They want to make it seem like they did everything they could and then ultimately re-sign Devon House and then run it back next year. Maybe. That doesn't seem likely to me. There was a culture change. There was a paradigm change this offseason. Changing offensive and defensive coordinators. Changing the front office. Changing the front office structure. And I just, I think it's important to point out, I mentioned this a week or two ago when we found out that this was happening. The Packers coaches are going to have a say in free agency. Or at least they're going to have some sort of input. That means these names that I've mentioned are not just coming from the front office. They're coming from Joe Witt. They're coming from Mike Pettin. They're potentially coming from Mike McCarthy. Guys who are going to coach these players. You know coach, coaches love veterans. If the coaches are going to have some input, they're going to push. They're going to push for Aaron Colvin. They're going to push for Brashad Breeland. They're going to push... For Dominique Rogers, cromartie Malcolm Butler, Tremaine Johnson. It's interesting Butler is not on the list. Everyone on the list is 6'1 or taller. Clearly the Packers have a preference. So this idea that they could eschew their preferences and, and draft someone like Jair Alexander, Mike Hughes, I wouldn't hold your breath. It's pretty clear the type of player the Packers want to bring in. They want to bring in big guys and they want to bring in uber-athletes. 
and they want to bring in a combination of both. That's why Marcus Davenport makes sense at 14 or Harold Landry. Freak athletes. That is what they want to do. That is what they want this team to look like. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. And this time of year, it is loaded with college stats and college profiles, draft content, up the wazoo. It is all there for you, but behind the paywall. Get behind that paywall by winning our contest. And to win our contest, you have to put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, preferably with a five-star review. It is that easy. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuelyourfandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. All right, here is my promise to you moving forward the next few days. There will be an emergency podcast for any Packers signing, big or small. If it's small, maybe we do 5-10 minutes. If it's big, we'll do 10 to 15. Packers sign Tremaine Johnson, we'll have a lot to discuss. Packers sign, you know, not Tremaine Johnson, we'll have less to discuss because it'll be a less impactful signing. So I'm not going to hop on to talk about if Tremaine Johnson signs somewhere else. It's just there's not enough to talk about. I don't think it's particularly interesting because I'd much rather talk about what the Packers are doing rather than what they aren't doing. So if there's a if there is a signing between now and Wednesday or a reported signing or the Packers are going to X, Wednesday is the day. We're going to do a show end of day Wednesday because we're going to get signings. They're going to fly fast and furious. And my guess is if the Packers are going to get one of these guys especially one of the lower-end veterans. I think I think someone like Tremaine Johnson may take his time a little bit, survey his options, try and get the most money. I think someone like DRC, he could be looking for the best situation, which could be in Green Bay. So we're going to wait. That's going to be an end-of-day situation so that we can maximize our window there. The reality is we're just not going to be on top of everything because we can't be. So I'm going to do my best. So we'll have that show. We'll have a show on Friday. That will be Friday morning, but again, this is going to be a, a living and breathing organism over the next week or two. 
When there's a signing, I will bring it to you as soon as possible. That means you need to keep an eye on my Twitter feed because I'll tweet about the show. I've had people ask about it. I will answer those questions on Twitter. So you need to be following me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter. I will tweet out all the episodes at Locked on Packers. You can find it all at LockedOnPackers.com. And if I could take that all and encompass it in just one phrase, in just one saying, everything you need to focus on, you need to stay locked on Packers.